Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the McGuire to my Garfields, Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I feel like we're being very kind to Eric. Yeah, and our very own Holland. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you? Oh, hey, hey, guys. You know, some <laughs> people hate Tom Holland, so it's, I just wanted it's you to feel. I just wanted you to feel nice and young, you know, feel, feel youthful. Feel like, like a youth. Like a thirty-year-old man playing a sixteen-year-old, I like it yeah, exactly. All right, well, we're we're back this week. The Seahawks had a week of rest, and we got to start out with the biggest story in the Seahawks world this week, and that is the ongoing Odell Beckham Jr. watch. That's right. Everyone this week is keeping their eyes to the skies. They got cameras at the airport. They want to see is Odell in Seattle. Can we? How many fake airport pictures and jersey swaps can we do? I about to say people dusting off some well-rusted uh, Photoshop skills, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. All right, so um, let's start with this. Okay, um, Odell still has not decided where he wants to go. The Seahawks can offer the most money. So so uh, uh, pretty much of any team that he seems like he wants to go to, we can give the biggest, give him the biggest contract. Now, a lot of people have been asking me, Nathan, uh, we could afford it. Why didn't we just pick him off waivers and ensure we get him? That's a great question. So I'm going to answer that. Um, John Schneider's getting a little bit greedy here. Okay. And, and here, and here's why. Okay. If we offer him enough money that he comes to Seattle over some of the other contenders that might want him like new Orleans or a uh, green Bay. Okay. If we can lure him here with a, with a slightly bigger contract, if he leaves, we will get a compensatory pick. So the idea here is that we, you know, we say, okay, Odell, instead of taking $750,000 to play in green Bay, where the weather sucks even worse than here, or, you know, or taking $1.25 million to catch passes from Trevor Simeon. Why, <laughs> why, why don't you take $10 million? So it's a big financial incentive, right? Way more money. Come catch passes from Russ in the Pacific Northwest. And then when you walk in the off season, we get a third, fourth round draft pick. It's a, I think it's a, it's a risk worth taking. And so I understand why John did it. Now that, that, that part aside, okay, we obviously didn't pick him off waivers. Our plan is to try to get him as a free agent, score that compensatory, get the, get the, uh, get the, get the man in. All right. So Eric, I'm start with you. Yes. Do you, do you want that Odell? Do you want Odell Beckham on the, on your Seahawks? Okay. Let me hear it. Hell no. Hell no. I've been anti Odell since he was with the Giants. This guy does not play hard. Is it because he, he headbutted a fan? It's that's that shows some fire. I'll take him now. Never mind. I'm back on him. No. So he he doesn't play hard. He said the the one team I really want to go to is the Seahawks. Why did he say that? He said that because Seattle could pay him the most money that we could take on his contract. That's why he said it. That's all he cares about. He wants to get the guaranteed money from Cleveland, and then he wants to sign a new deal. It's, Double dip. This guy is, I mean, here's the thing. As a businessman, yeah, he's great. But as a football player, I want on my team a, fo- a football player that I believe in, a guy that I want that's going to help us win. No, absolutely not. I want him as far away from this team as I can get him. That means AFC East. 
<laughs> go to Miami. Go to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not getting him. You're They're right. Like, that's not going to happen. Go to Bill's Nova. number one wide receiver. Thank you. Well, as in three. Bill Belichick. Actually, that that's the NFC AFC's team that might might actually get him. But uh, all right, uh, Kevin, is there? Do you do you uh, do you share his opinion? You want him away from the team, or do you do you have reason for hope? For for the for uh, Mr. Beckham Jr. Yo, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, renowned malcontent complainer, um, absolute mercenary businessman. Uh, you know the thing about mercenaries though is that you uh, hire them, pay them money, and then they do work for you. So last time I checked, that's how the NFL works, and I'm good with it. We're not looking to him for leadership. We're not looking for him to be our number one receiver. We are looking for a number three wide receiver or a number two if Tyler's nursing an injury. And I think that's a role that we can have him step into because I feel like this is what you pay Pete Carroll for. You pay Pete Carroll to manage personalities like Odell Beckham's personality and to wring out the value of a player like that. And if this is what allows us to go on what is going to have to be a significant run, we're going to have to peel off seven wins in the back half of this season. And I want all hands on deck. Not only that, but if it opens us up, opens us up to rely or lean more heavily on the passing game, then I'm all for it because I think that's our path to the best version of this team. So my here's my thing with Odell. Since he joined the Browns, he has received the lowest percentage of catchable passes of anyone who's received at least 200 targets. So of any premier wide receiver, the lowest percentage of his passes have been considered catchable by next gen stats. He's still, he's still creating separation. He's still open quite a lot. Um, Baker Mayfield is for whatever reason, not able or not willing to get him the ball. And I don't think that I do think he is uh, maybe complain having your dad complain in the, in the <laughs> media is, move. is such a weird thing to do. And I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not so sure about Can that. Can I shine some light on that? But, but if we're going to take a, a mal a weirdo malcontent though, uh, I would rather it be Odell than like, I think anyone there's no problems here. Like there is was with Antonio Brown, right? This is not a guy who commits crimes or, uh, think, you know, this is a guy, it's a guy who just likes to get poop on his chest and, and catch footballs, you know, like what's, what's his the reaction that? to that was like the only funny thing I like about him. <laughs> so the thing is that, uh, Odell Beckham, I think was a really bad fit for Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield likes to improvise within the rest of the offense working in structure. And, Odell Beckham Jr. likes to improvise in order to get that separation. I think Odell Beckham Jr. likes to play more of a schoolyard style game, which is something that I think Russ is a more compatible quarterback with because Russ is used to like scramble drill, look up, figure out what your receiver is going to do and throw them open, which Odell Beckham Jr. can do. Baker Mayfield wants to uh, scramble to the right, pretend he's faster than an NFL edge player, even though he's not, and then throw to where his receiver is supposed to be based on the game script. And that's those are two different ways to play quarterback. And uh, I feel like there are wide receivers that are more compatible with Baker Mayfield, but Odell Beckham Jr.'s game is not compatible with it, and that was a really big problem. I think Russ's game is much more compatible with it. Yeah. So I, another thing too is, is like I said, Odell's open. He still has, he still can do things on a football field that not a lot of other can do. And to be honest with you, I don't really care if he's, if he's good or not, like, or if we need him or if it's a luxury item, we, here's, a, here's, there's, here's, here's the real reasons I want to sign him. 
We have 12 million in cap room we're not doing anything with. And there is no point in being bad because our first round pick goes to the Jets. We need to do everything we can to win. Number one. Two, Russell Wilson is pretty mal is pretty malcontent right now. He is unhappy with the direction of the franchise. Um, this is an easy way to to catch a W from him. Sign this guy, a guy you yeah, don't Jake even have to. Jake told us that's who Russ wants. Yeah. So Russ, Russ told us that's who he wants. <laughs> Russ told us that's who he wants, and I I really think this is an easy way to get to to get favor with Russ, which is something we need to do. Not the usual Pete song and dance where he says. Oh, well, you know, we were into the end and, and we did our best. And no, you need to get this guy to come here for one year. Okay. It ain't, it ain't that hard uh, to do, to do that. And like, this will have no, people are saying, oh, will this impact our ability to re-sign DK? No, no, they don't have to do anything. We have 12 million in cap room. We're not using it for anything. You know, we can keep our requisite, you know, two veteran minimums worth of salary and give the rest to Odell. That's fine. And then, you get Russ nice and happy and and send us into the offseason with a with a quarterback who maybe feels like he's part of the decision making, who maybe feels like he's more wanted by this franchise than he was in the past and more valued by this franchise. Because I think these last three weeks have borne out. This is a, a much better football team with Russell Wilson than it is with uh, Geno Smith or, or any other, you know, D, C or D level quarterback that we could float out there. So, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's. It, I think it's. There. We're gonna make a serious play for him. There's five teams that seem to be in the race, uh, according to like Twitter. Uh, Patriots, Chiefs, Saints. Because Chiefs are always in. I don't know how, but they're always in. Uh, Packers and Seahawks. Those seem to be the five teams uh, that have talked to Odell, have serious interest in Odell, and have made. His new Chiefs desperately need another weapon too, so yeah. we would probably have to back up a money truck on that one. His new favorite is the Packers, supposedly. But Correct. Who, who really knows? Uh, I mean, he's, he has a he steps right into a role. He's the number two wide receiver with uh, Devontae Adams. He gets to play with a really good quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, a team that throws a lot in Green Bay. Um, downsides are the weather, um, you know, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he decides to do there. Um, I, yeah, he's he's playing for a contract. So that is definitely probably a factor is that he's, you know, he's can't could he see Seattle tank his value by never throwing? That's possible. Something that's probably weighing on in his mind. Uh, word is that he's sleeping on it. Uh, Justine Anderson said he won't announce it till tomorrow morning. So we won't know tonight, most likely, uh, unless he decides to do like a late night. Uh, uh, hey, get, go to bed. It's Odell. Uh, yeah, I, he's gonna shoot something in a shower with his wife. You know, you don't have a wife. Uh, and anyway, he can rent one. So. So that's that's my Odell thoughts. You guys uh, have anything else you want to put it before you put a bow on that? Is there, you know, that's that's kind of it, right? That's the uh, that's the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what to talking think. to talking about him as a fit, um, he's interesting because he would allow Tyler to play primarily out of the slot, which is excellent in three wide receiver sets, and that plays really well to Tyler's strengths. Um, he can play either outside receiver position. So he has some flexibility there. He's a guy who can run the sweeps because he's pretty elusive in space. So he's a really good fit for the offense because it turns out that extremely physically gifted wide receivers are good fits for a lot of teams. Yeah. Eric, final thoughts before we move on? I don't know. I mean, I know we we need a weapon. I just don't trust this team to pass, and I don't trust Odell Beckham Jr. That's it. All right. I don't trust him at all. Seahawks are – Despite not playing this week, basically every team that we needed to lose lost. 
Okay, so every team that we are fighting with for a playoff spot with San Francisco, loss, Carolina, loss, New Orleans, loss, Chicago, loss, Minnesota, loss. Okay, so basically every team, even the Rams lost. So every team the Seahawks were kind of com- competitive with for wild card slots uh, lost, which put the means the Seahawks gained ten percent in their in their playoff odd calculations without even playing a game. So right now, uh, Football Outsiders puts us at a forty four percent chance of making the playoffs. And I'm going to ask you guys, starting with Kevin, uh, is that too too high, too low, or or just right? The uh, the forty four point three percent chance of making the playoffs. What do you think? All right. I won't go super deep into it now. I'll do that in a moment. Um, but just to kind of give a bit of a gloss over, getting Russ back is really big. Getting Carson back, if we're able to, would be another really big addition. And uh, Kyle Fuller shifting out. Those are things that are all really big for our offense. For our defense, uh, Daryl Taylor getting an expanded role. Dude, you cursed me with Daryl. Um, Trey Brown picking up the extra, uh, picking up the other cornerback spot. Those are things that are really big for our defense. And, uh, we can go into numbers about that later. We're also going from one of the top five hardest schedules so far to a middle of the road, difficult schedule as we go forward. I think all those things point to, yes, we make the playoffs. All right. So what percentage chance would you put that at then? Okay, 44. So you think, yes, so you're going to go higher than 50, right? I'll go higher than 50. I would say because the way the NFL works and because we have tiebreakers that are out, I'm going to go 60%. Okay. What do you think, uh, Eric? 44.3%, too high, too low, just right? Uh, I feel like it's a little too low. I Before before Russ got hurt or right when he got hurt, I was like, we're not making the playoffs. Uh, the one game we needed to win you know, kind of cost us a shot at the playoffs. Having seen our schedule and buying into the hype of this team, uh, I hope they don't mariner me, you know. Uh I'm I'm putting this at like I'd put us at fifty five percent, meaning it's uh it's crapshoot right now. But everyone keeps losing around us. I did not anticipate that. Uh I do believe that Russ wants to win and I think he's going to try and be better. I just don't I can't get past all the early season losses that we shouldn't have lost. I can't get past that. And to Kevin's point, yeah, it'd be great to have Chris Carson back. I don't know if he's coming back this year. Yeah, it's so up and it's down. It's, it's all really the more reasons to, to throw. Here's here's yes. the thing. Here's the thing for me that's tough is that if we had the tiebreaker on New Orleans, I would be all in. Like we're one hundred percent making the playoffs. But man, if we end up tied with New Orleans, that and and. That's just it's just so hard because that's the team that we need to have a tiebreaker on, and then also Minnesota has a tiebreaker on us as well. It's just tough. We've put ourselves in a tough spot where the first wild card is going to Arizona slash Rams loser, right? Yep. That that team is your first wild card, and then the second wild card is going. That's that's where we could we could sneak in there, but but we ha- we'd have to pass New Orleans outright. We can't tie them. We'd have to beat Minnesota outright. Can't tie them. So. Now that that just is that's just tough sledding and and so for me like I think it's I hate to be the lowest guy on this because I, I thought but I, I would put it higher than forty four I think we're straight coin flip 50-50 chance of making it but either we will or we won't the thing that's tough <laughs> the thing that's tough for me is that you said Kevin we have an average schedule and I, I don't think it's an average schedule we play some teams that are really bad and some teams that are really good. And not a lot of like 
in between teams. We play like yeah, we have two against Arizona, one against Green Bay, and one against the Rams, and everybody else we should be able to beat. Yeah, two but against those are four games we could easily lose. Two against Arizona, the no, the new number one team in DVOA. Two against or one against the Rams, the number three team in DVOA, and then Green Bay is a winnable game. It just it, we just okay. Let, we are cursed when we go to Glambeau. and. I said it before. I thought the way that we win this game is if the weather is good. And have you guys looked at the weather report for Green Bay this week? It's not good. No. It's not It's not good. Uh, the 10-day forecast is very unfavorable. And we all know rainy day Russ. Man, just rainy day Russ when it's when it's not good. It's going to be 40 degrees in, in Lambeau this Sunday. Uh, now, right now, there's only a 24% chance of rain. It's actually gone down. If that can get down to zero... <laughs> then we're good. But man, I do not want rainy day rest in the cold Green Bay. Like we need to keep not that to uh not to be not to be that guy, but Russ is also going to be looking at checking off Lambeau for his list of regular season wins. Oh yeah, he this needs is to, true. He needs to get a dub him. there. And, and you know how much he loves his legacy, and this would be a big check mark for that legacy to outduel uh potentially Aaron Rodgers if because the NFL is completely inconsistent in how it handles things. I, I don't remember who it was in the Discord, but said that this is kind of a season of firsts for the Seahawks. And a first win in Lambeau for Russ would be a would be a big one. All right, now Kevin, I know you did a deep dive on the remaining schedule, so me and Eric will uh, jump in here. But what what did you what did you see when you look at the, the remaining schedule? Okay, so when I look at the remaining schedule, the first thing that jumps out to me is uh, typically we have a, we we don't finish below five hundred in the division. Would you guys agree with that? And I think yes. if I look at the numbers over time. Yes, bears true. I think that's I think that's possible. Okay. So I think there's a really good chance we end up splitting with Arizona and we pick up a game against the Rams. We don't often lose twice to the Rams. If we end up losing to the Rams, then um, we're beating San Francisco a second time. So a loss to the Rams and a loss to Arizona is a is the largest number of losses we can afford and still have a good chance at the playoffs. I think we agree about that. Yeah, so we but... have to pick up the Green Bay game, and if we drop the Green Bay game, then we have to either pick up both games against Arizona, or we have to pick up the other game at in Los Angeles. I think that Los Angeles game is the hardest one of those of all the games you you listed. I I unless, don't know. unless Stafford has that epic collapse that you you referred to, Kevin, which is I mean, I, remember when Jim Bob Cooter was supposed to be like the uh, savant <laughs> of the West Coast <laughs> offense because he was able to squeeze like ten to twelve competent games out of Stafford. Oh, like, man. how many times have we uh, Wiley Coyote into this particular trap? Yeah. So my thing, my thing is with the Seahawks in general, though, is like we're gonna. If the Seahawks history has taught me anything, we're going to lose one of these games to these trash can teams that we should not lose at all. I think we already did that, though. That's I the think thing. We have to have already done that, because if it's if that which, happens once here, it's over. Which team did we lose to that was a trash can? Like, that's the thing. Like, we have five losses, but like, which team that we lost to is like actually Saints, bad. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's OK. They're like, no. Uh, and minnesota is like neck and neck with us in like a lot of metrics so yes but uh yes yes i agree they are as good as we as we are with gino um uh, (laughs) losing by three to the saints at home that's that's the one that stands out to me 
Okay. Well, so so continue, Kevin. Sorry, I just try to jump in. I, I just like I'm. That's what I'm scared of is that you know. Okay, we we actually win two games against the good teams. You know, right? We beat the Cardinals once. We win in Lambeau, but then we inexplicably lose to San Francisco at home. You know what I mean? It's just like, and then we all just are in the Discord consoling each other because it's so horrible. I I don't know. That's that's what scares me. Yeah. No, I understand, and that's that's a legitimate concern. Um. I just, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is going to be, Russ has got out to prove something. And I think Russ understands this is his chance to really put the case forth that the team will win with him and can't really win without him. Mm-hmm. And they had a four-game stretch in which they were only able to beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars and dropped three winnable games. This This team scored... 28 30 17 uh 20 and 28 with Russ. They scored 17 20 in overtime, 10 and then 31 against Jacksonville without him. I think those are all kind of telling. I think the other thing is what this team was really missing uh on offense in the last few games is the big play. We didn't really have the big play outside of what DK having a little bit of magic. Um, and so Russ is averaging more than two yards per attempt more. His average depth of target is about two yards more. His time to throw is lower. He's taking fewer sacks. Uh, he's throwing deep a lot more. That's the thing. Geno Smith only had 11 deep passing attempts on 95 attempts. Russ had 20 in basically the same number of games. So we're adding the big play back into our offense by bringing Russ back, and I think that makes a really big difference. Something that goes along with that, Kyle Fuller was the worst center in the NFL in pass blocking efficiency, and I don't mean like, oh, he was the worst. I mean, statistically, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the worst pass blocking center in the NFL. Uh, Now you compare that with uh, Damian Lewis and Jackson are 29th and 15th, uh, among guards with 50% of snaps and our weak link right now, aside from the center position is Dwayne Brown, which I think there's reason to believe that Dwayne Brown, a as the weak link is not a bad weak link, but also B I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing a little bit better down the stretch. So our offense, there's a lot of reasons to believe that it's going to be as potent as we felt like it would be in the preseason. That's not even including getting Diaz Gridge back on defense. Dale Taylor is our best pass rusher. Um, he's uh, getting uh, pressures every 8.8 pass rush snaps. Uh, for comparison's sake, TJ Watt is every nine and Joey Bose is every eight and a half. Yeah, he's 19th in the league right now. I looked it up yesterday. Yeah, that's really good. And that's a pretty significant difference maker. When you have that, Dunlap is 6.1 and Mayo is 5.8. Uh, so clearly, Dale Taylor getting more snaps and his expanded role as the season goes along is a, is, is kind of a difference maker. The other thing is Trey Brown's 15th and DJ reads 43rd in uh, QBR against for cornerbacks. Um, to give you an idea of what we were playing with before Sidney Jones and Trey flowers rank in the bottom 10 in the entire NFL in uh, QBR allowed. Now QBR is a bit of a flawed stat, but it gives you kind of a good idea of what's going on there. So we're looking at a sizable upgrade at corner while our pass rush is improving with our young players getting bigger roles. 
So what I'm getting at here is I feel like the strides that the defense has made over the last few weeks isn't a fluke and it isn't down purely to the teams that we've been playing against. It's because our defense is legitimately getting better. It's becoming a middle of the pack defense, which is all it really needs to be. If the offense can be the top five offense, we all think it can. And even with Geno Smith having started for several games, if we look at uh, most offensive metrics, um, our pass game and run game are both top 10 or fringe top 10. Uh, we're number five in pass DVOA. We're number eight in overall offensive DVOA. We're number 11 in run defense in run DVOA. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that uh, the team is better than the record reflects and has improved over the last couple of weeks. If Russ comes in and is able to hit the ground running, which I think everything we know about Russ says that he should be able to, I don't see a reason why it can't be a really big push down the stretch because if you'd asked me before the season, if we're a kind of team that can beat the Rams, I would have said yes. If we're the kind of team that can take two games against Arizona, I would have said yes. And so we're rounding into a team that looks a lot like the team that I thought we were in August. And so I don't see a reason why those outcomes aren't still on the table, even if we did stumble through the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think there'll be a little rust for Russ to shake off, but in Russ's absence, Ru- Russ, seen, a little, ru- a little Russ, Russ, a little, Russ, a little Russell, Russ, Russell, Russell Wilson. Uh, oh. He's gonna have to. Those vitamin bubbles are gonna have to, you know, do do a little bit of magic into the second period. But uh, vitamin bubbles—that's ridiculous. Nano bubbles, on the other nano hand, nano bubbles, nano bubbles. Uh, either way, I, we've seen we've seen Trey Brown. Uh, we've seen our, our secondary, I should say, as a whole, not just one person. Our secondary has grown, has matured a little bit. Okay, um, they've grown by getting shorter. Yeah, is that funny? <laughs> and then Daryl Taylor, like you said, he's he's kind of he's had his coming out party as a guy who can be a steady force for us. Someone we thought we could be there. We've had these little sparks in the defense. I'm not saying we're great and everything's fine, but it's grown a little bit. With through our struggles and playing really crummy against crummy teams, there's been some growth there, and I'm excited for Russ to come back to that. I'm just it's, not sure it's going to carry us exactly. It's nerve wracking. You know, like if Russ, if Russ comes back and he's 90% of Russ right away, then yeah, I, there's a lot of things that scare me about the, the team though. Right. Russell Wilson making these, man, his social media presence was, was very odd with this injury. <laughs> um, you were bothered by the pin social media. You energy. didn't have to say with this and with this injury, to, uh, just his social media presence is odd. No it's pin like, time to win. No pin time to win. And he had all those pictures with the pin hanging out of his finger. And then he, <laughs> then he's now there's videos of him working out with a weird thing on his hand and stuff. And it's, it's tough, but okay. So he the last... is actually a viral marketing campaign. He's going to be in the Hellraiser uh, reboot. So right now we are we are one game out of the last playoff spot. But oh, sorry, I punched my microphone right there. Did could you hear so that? So excited! Yeah, yes, it's because you're it definitely so sound like you hit a snare drum. It was awesome. Uh, all right, well, I'm just going to deal with it. I'm not even going to edit it. I'm too tired. Uh, so, so the Seahawks, uh, if we win next week, and the Falcons lose in Dallas. Then what, if the Vikings win, we're tied, and we'll lose the tiebreaker. If the Vikings lose, and the Panthers, I think, also have a tiebreaker against us unless we are in a multiple team tie or something. Yeah, but they have Darnold, so I'm not worried about Carolina. That's, they're going to uh, plummet. It's PJ Walker now. 
Okay. Who couldn't beat out the Darnold for the starting job. So I rest it's, my case. It's tough. Darnold is a weird case for me where the sometimes he looks really good, but then he like does the Sam Darnold thing where he just turns the ball over a million times. And the <laughs> Sam co- Darnold bad <laughs> Daniel Jones. So let's uh, just talk. Let's uh, talk. Gross. Let's talk about the teams that we're competing directly with. Right. So uh, there, there's really in the standings that there's a few teams. We can do. So let's let's talk about each of these teams. The Falcons. OK. The Atlanta Falcons. Right now, Atlanta is 31st in DVOA. 25th on offense, 31st on defense, 31st on special teams. Now, they were extremely bad at the beginning of the year, like 32nd bad. Bad enough, bad enough that their number one wide receiver had a mental breakdown and had to stop playing football. They, they have they're pretty bad. But so now they're they're four and four. They're still pretty bad, but uh, they have played an extremely difficult schedule up to this point. Played an extremely easy schedule down the stretch. Uh, so, I think pencil in the Atlanta for eight or nine wins, right? They, they're inconsistent. They don't, they don't seem to seven, eight and nine would all be equally unsurprising to me. I like how they're using Cordero Patterson. Their offense has gotten more interesting. I'm seeing the Arthur Smith branding on there, but it doesn't save them from the fact that their defense is still not very good. And their offense is reliant on a few big plays and a pop gun quarterback at this point. One thing is Matt Ryan's arm is dead. The Cordell Patterson thing's cool because they they'll just straight up have him play X wide receiver and run a route, and then on the very next play have him in the backfield take a handoff. Yep. Like they, and they just don't even care. They're like, yeah, whatever. We just put him in different spots, and you you figure out where he is. He's very fast. Ty Montgomery, eat your heart out. <laughs> which is, which is what I like. I like the, I like using a guy who's a weapon like that as an actual weapon, and not in a way like a Tavon Austin or a Percy Harvin where you you shoehorn weird plays to try to get him the ball. You just have him play football in a bunch of different spots. That, yeah, if they can fix their quarterback situation uh, moving forward. I really think they're interesting with Arthur Smith at the helm, but for this season, I think they're a fringe playoff team that probably shouldn't quite make it. Okay. Eric, do you have any more faith in the Falcons or do you want to lead off the next team? Uh, I I think the Falcons have a very good chance at making the playoffs. That's, that's where I'll leave that off. And I'm not happy about that. So, they're, so what do you they're think? They're quietly like winning. They're quietly nine, winning games and nine, they're like 23 wins. to six up in the odds. I would go, geez, what do you, what do you think the lowest, I think they're probably in for that second to last wild card. So, so I think the lowest team will be nine wins. That, and then they're, you know, the I'm, I'm saying Rams, Cardinals, loser definitely makes the playoffs. They'll have eleven or twelve wins. Then maybe even thirteen. And then you've got, uh, and then you've got the Saints. Do you think the Saints collapse, Eric? I didn't include them in this conversation at five and three. Yeah, I don't. If you call the Saints season. Uh, in in danger of a collapse, then yes, they're going to collapse. Do I think the Saints are going to make the playoffs? Absolutely not. No way. Okay, so you're so you're out. You're in more in on the Falcons than the Saints. Yes, yes. Despite the fact that the Saints probably have like the best individual unit on. Any I understand that they have okay. Trevor Simeon. I get it. Okay? So no, I'm talking about the defense. <laughs> and I and I also and I also understand that Sean Payton's unstoppable and that Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, he has a he has a tweak right now and everything's been fine for them. No, I have no faith in the Saints. And if you're going to pin a a wild card on the Saints, then why not pin it on a team that's playing better than the Saints? That's the Falcons. You know what I mean? Okay. 
yeah. So I think the Saints are an interesting team, and you're right. Like they are, their offense rides a lot on the shoulders of one person, and it's Alvin Kamara. And that's it's it's kind of a it's tough to have your whole offense riding on a running back, no matter how good your defense is. And we've talked and, about our teams, the teams we've sorry, Kevin, but the teams we've lost to and these bad wins. There, I'm sorry, these bad losses. The Saints have had all these really. Like Their three losses wins. are Carolina, the Giants, and Atlanta. Oh, and also seriously. that means they are losing the tiebreaker to both Atlanta and Carolina, which um, I would say those are not teams that you want to be losing the tiebreaker to. That being said, they are winning the tiebreaker against Green Bay um, and Seattle. Which Yeah, they, they beat the Packers 38-3. They beat, Tampa. Like, they beat them 38-3. They didn't just beat the Packers. They like beat up the Packers. They beat a Patriots team now that we have seen as pretty game, and they beat Tampa Bay. Saints are a weird team. Yep. They're a weird team. And I, so I agree. Eric, Eric's probably right. Like they could go any direction. And if they went down, I mean, it wouldn't sh- shock me, but man, just a weird football team this year. Kind of hard to predict what they're going to do. Can't wait for but, the rest of their quarterbacks to get injured so we can turn the next page in the Ian book. <laughs> oh man. I think if they just go with Taysom Hill, they'll probably be good enough to sneak we'll into the playoffs though. All trick plays run the wildcat. T- Taysom Hill was more accurate last year than people give him credit for. All right. Panthers have four wins right now. They're four and five. This is a team that we clearly think is going to collapse, right, Eric? Yes. I mean, again, if you can call same, it Same Darnold. Same Darnold. Yes. Or or the other guy you said who's uh, – Darnold's at like three Walker. to four weeks. Yeah, Walker is – honestly, Sam I give him Darnold more. throwing hospital balls. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get his receivers killed and also throwing a lot of uh, – making a lot of turnovers. Yeah, well, so, Walker is, is a guy who could come in and, and while wow, like shock everyone. They have a have a real Dave Girard's sort of season. Yeah, but, r- running and passing, right? Dual threat yeah. kind of guy. It's just not. It's was not he the XFL cards. or he was one of those offshoot leagues Here's, that had a really good se- yes, season. Yes, was, uh, was he was really? AFL. He was AFL. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, AAF American Alliance of Football or whatever. Um, so Carolina Washington football team got it. Here's here's my thing. Carolina kind of doomed themselves by not picking a quarterback this year because their defense is really coming around and they're like it's a pretty great young defense with lots of good pieces. And then they need a quarterback bad next year's quarterback draft is super questionable. If they had just had Justin Fields right now, I would be like, Carolina's a young team turning the corner instead next year. Their quarterback's going to be like, I don't know, some backup. Sam Darnold again, some Ugh. Sam Darnold again, Mike white. Like they extended Sam Darnold when they traded for him too. White Mike. They didn't ridiculous. They didn't just trade for Sam Darnold. They extended him and said, like, "You are they, guy." They put chips on Sam Darnold. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a questionable move. So yeah, F- Panthers are going the wrong way. So then these are the teams that we are tied with at three wins: uh, Vikings, 49ers, Eagles, Giants, Bears. All right, Kevin, I want you to tell me of those teams, which one are you the most scared of? Uh, probably the Vikings because they have the most team talent. <laughs> And they have yes. the tiebreaker on us. Like. And they have the tiebreaker on us, which is pretty big. But I feel like Mike Zimmer is such a lead weight on that offense. They've got two legitimate wide receivers. Um, they've got probably their best offensive line that they've had in the last couple of years, which is to say it's slightly below average. Kirk Cousins has been playing really well. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still in his prime. And their defense isn't completely terrible, though it lacks a pass rush. Um. I do feel like they're a really incomplete team, though, which is why I don't have a lot of faith in them moving forward. It's um, I'm give me a second. I'm grabbing their schedule real quick. 
for uh, who? For, who? Uh, for Minnesota because Minnesota, I think it's Minnesota's really future schedule play. is the twenty first easiest. So yeah, but they have. I could see them dropping a game to the Chargers. They are they're playing Green Bay twice. They should lose at least one of those. Um, they're playing the Rams. That should be another loss. So we're looking at, I think, three or four losses. It doesn't feel unlikely. I feel like they're going to be, if if we win nine, then that's really going to suck because I think nine is probably the most games they could win. Hmm. All right. I, the team of these teams, Vikings, 49ers, Eagles, Giants, Bears, that I'm most worried about is actually the 49ers. Uh, from a really? talent, from a talent, they have an offensive genius as I, their head coach. Actually, their offense mm. is sixth in DVOA. I do not think their offense is that bad. They their struggles this year have been in the secondary, and if they can just tighten up their secondary a little bit down the stretch, I think this is a pretty solid uh, football team. They still have premier pass rushers. They still have a uh, an offensive that moves the ball down the field. Right, they still can move the ball. I do think the 49ers are super decent. The thing that the difference between the 49ers and the Vikings is is that if we beat the 49ers again, we got the tiebreaker on them, right? And it's super hard for them to pass us no matter what they do. So I um yeah, I love I love the uh the idea that that uh, I wanna I uh I th- I'm scared of the 49ers. That's the team that that I don't I think is sneaky. I think they're sneaky out of these teams. All right, Eric, what are you? Vikings, 49ers, Eagles, Giants, Bears. Uh you're expecting me to take a different team. I will not. I will also agree with Kevin take on the Vikings. Vikings. I'm not scared of the 49ers at all. I'm not, not at all. I don't understand scared, anything. You're not scared of Matt Nagy? <laughs> no, I don't understand what that team does, what it does well. I really don't. And they don't have an identity. Uh, they have Garoppolo on their team still. Um, that guy is, to say he's hot and cold, uh, if you can be more cold than hot, he's he's lukewarm at best. And he's yes, then he's, you're saying he's yes, then he's no? Yes. <laughs> stop, stop. Woof. Uh, yeah, the, the bears, I would maybe, I would, I was going to say I'd fear more than the 49ers, but the bears aren't in our division, but the, you know, no, no fear. Just, just Vikings. Vikings are probably going to overtake us at this, at this rate. All right. So we're looking to, we're looking to catch, uh, looks like we do want, we're going to try to, we're going to have to try to run down new Orleans as well, because there's a couple teams in this mix that are a little dangerous. Uh, Atlanta's kind of turning around, turning it around. So maybe we need to catch up to the Aints as well. Hopefully Trevor Simeon can tank their season because they were getting pretty average offensive play out of Jameis's led offense. And you'd like to see that, you know, go down with the, with, with uh, the Simeon in, in at the helm. I think okay. it's definitely one of those things where if we go seven and two over the next nine games, then we're just in. Let's let's but talk. That's a big ask. Let's talk Packers football. Uh, Packers are 15th overall on DVOA, 11th on offense, 16th on defense, 30th on special teams as Mason Crosby has been an Achilles heel for this team, missing five field goals in the last uh, two weeks. And their coverage units haven't been great either. He's he's not looking uh, super great. Uh, in, the, in the past, you know, he's been he's been a rock for this team, uh, a real star. So let's go ahead and um, talk talk Packers. How are we going to how should we attack this Packers team? First of all, do you guys think Aaron Rodgers plays? I guess let's start with that. Eric, what do you think? I think he does just because it would be too sweet for him to not play. And he's saying, yeah, I don't know if, if there's a chance I'm not going to play, but he's going to find a way. The NFL will get him in there. All right. What do you think? Yeah, I think Eric's right. The, the, the league the league loves their uh, greasy-haired mascot there. They're going to get him get him back in there. There's no he's, way they want Jordan Love versus a returning Russell Wilson. I just don't see it. Not a not a marquee afternoon America's game of the week. Yes. Are we America's game of the week this week? Did you is that is that I, 
I don't know. I like how you assume I ever check. Well, you know that you know what that means, right? Is that we get? Yes. Oh yeah, we are America's game of the week because we got Romo and Nance. Yeah, one hundred. When I saw Greg Gumbel announcing the Jaguars game, I was like, "Oh, what did Greg do?" To yeah, who did who did who did he hurt? Yeah, because he got knocked way down the CBS. That's like the it's like the eighteenth best team, and there's only seven teams. <laughs> uh, so okay, so Kevin, you think Aaron Rodgers plays as well? Uh yeah, NFL's coward, so they're gonna want to play. Okay, so Green Bay is he, yeah. Good thing they find him less than uh, CD Lamb for you. CD Lamb got fined more for not tucking in his shirt. Just pathetic. NFL does. First of all, they 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 made up a rule so that they could just give fifteen yard flags whenever they feel like it. This stupid taunting rule, and then it's okay. I thought that that the the celebration thing was bad before. This is way worse. Yeah. This is even more arbitrary and and game tilting where like if you're a referee who uh you know is on the on the vibe man you could just totally you know under the table totally smooth the line around the bears got screwed in that game man yep. they got totally screwed uh they should have won that game i don't know it's very frustrating okay so green bay's 18th against the pass and that but that is deceiving okay they are first again <laughs> in DVOA against receivers other than number one wide receivers, number two wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. They are outside the top 20 in all of those categories. 22nd against running backs, 25th against tight ends, 27th against wide receiver twos, and 24th against wide receiver ones. And I don't know if you've you've noticed a pattern in the Seahawks this year, but they don't target the number three wide receiver very much. So that advantage they have against uh, uh, guys in the slot or guys that are considered the number three or number four wide receiver is not going to matter very much against your Seattle Seahawks as we just target DK, Tyler, Gerald, and uh, guys out of the backfield, Alex Collins, Chris Carson, whoever it ends up being this week. I love Jeff this. Sweep. Oh, please don't talk about that anymore in front of me. I love the Seahawks. I love this matchup for the Seahawks. Uh, the, the, the second You're not year... intimidated by Shandon Sullivan and Kevin King as they're starting outside corners. Correct. That's, that's, that's the thing is uh, their number one and number two corners have been uniformly awful this year. The Seahawks will be able to exploit that with Russ back. I expect DK and Tyler to have a field day and it will be up to their offense to keep up with what is, I consider to be a greatly rejuvenated Seattle defense. The defense for Seattle has looked really good since Trey Brown came on and has given the uh, front four a little more time to get, these guys outside, DJ, Trey, and even Sidney Jones, respect to him. They are not afraid. They get in guys' face, and I could see us really beating them up uh, and coming after them, and I like that. So, yeah, I'm into. I'm ready. I'm ready for Seahawks football I'm, to come back. I, the bye week is over, and I think this matchup against Green Bay is a good one. The only things that scare me are we never win in Lambeau, and if it starts raining, not good. Don't 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 want, <laughs> don't want rainy day rust. Not so. Not my so favorite. what we want is it. The game should start off uh, cold but not rainy. We need to build up that lead and then just you know run the clock out of the rest of the game. Okay. Wow. So, Dream scenario. One one thing too is that it's what's funny is last year. Remember how we were all over the Seahawks because they couldn't figure out how to beat cover too high. And have you noticed that that's what's happening to Patrick Mahomes this year? Is that yes, he's getting destroyed mm-hmm. by cover too high? And it's like, hey, maybe this isn't as easy as we thought. <laughs> Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes are having trouble against it too. Maybe we gave Pete too hard of a time. But the way you beat it really is you run up the middle, right? You run up the middle because that that defense leaves you really weak in the center of the field. And uh, we this year are more able to do that than last year. And with Posich in even more so. Gabe Jackson and now Posich back. We should be able to to kind of 
force them out of that look and give us to give us better other looks uh, to pass against. All right. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, let's, Kevin, you got a little preview for Green Bay or you want to go straight to picks? Uh, I can run a quick preview and then go into picks. Go ahead. Uh, so I think it's a pretty simple situation here where if Jordan loves plays, then I think this could end up being a bit of a laugher. Um, if it's Aaron Rodgers, if the weather is medium, I think that we're probably looking at a close game. Uh, if I had to pick going back to the old quadrants, I think the close Seahawks win close Green Bay win are the two most likely quadrants coming out of this and the injuries to the secondary for Green Bay I think are going to be key not only is Jair Alexander on the IR but Eric Stokes uh, the cornerback they drafted in order to not have to play Kevin King is uh, he tweaked an ankle in warm-ups for uh, last week's game and they're saying that he might end up not playing. And I think that that's really big because DK and Tyler are both good enough that they can come in and dominate a game. And Russ knows that. I think that uh, Waldron knows that. I think that everybody on the Seahawks sideline knows that. And so I think that it's going to be, can Green Bay beat 28 points? And I think our defense is good enough to probably hold them under that. So I'm going to go with Seahawks 31, Green Bay 21 for a rare double-digit point victory. Eric, you got any thoughts about the game, or you want to go straight to your pick? I uh, I just want to say the Packers have not been playing very well offensively this year. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, Aaron Royers has not been playing up to the Aaron Warriors that we all know. And frankly, I thought was going to have, I thought it was going to be Renaissance man this year. So with that, I will, I love that name. Karen, Karen Rogers. K-A-Ron. Karen. Q-Anon Rogers. I will take the Seahawks. I believe the Seahawks are going to win. I believe it's going to be. I, I believe, I believe that we (laughs) will win. Uh, Let's go 19. Ugh, 16. Oh, 19, the return 16, of Russ, Seahawks. 19 points. <laughs> I could. I believe in Russell Wilson, 1916 Seahawks. <laughs> you guys, you guys think that Russell Wilson is going to come in and just start throwing lobs to DK, and that everything's going to be fine. Yep, One. Oh, that's. I love you guys for that. <laughs> One. It is Russell Wilson coming off a. Off a, off a pretty big injury, and if you think that he's not, quote, fudging the numbers on his finger, meaning like, oh, it's great, I'm ready to go, pin to win, uh, hashtag uh, stupid rhymes, uh, he is lying. He is in immense pain. Something is not working right, but he is playing through it because he's Russell Wilson. Okay, that's one. Two, this is an outdoor game on the road. Three, this is a Pete Carroll offense. Four, this is the 2021, is that the year we're in? Seahawks. How have we played this year? 1916 Seahawks. Thank All you. right. Uh, I am. I think Seahawks are score. I think they're going to score. I think they can go over the top of this defense. This is not a great secondary. They give up a lot of points. DK and Tyler should have dominant performances in this game. I expect us to win and to win big. 31-21. All right. And that's only if it doesn't rain. If it rains, all bets are off. This could be really ugly. This could be Eric's score. If it's raining, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even joking. 16-7 Seahawks in the row. Yeah. All right. I'll take uh, that. I'll love that. 
There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Nest For as little as $1.24 a month, check out the Picks podcast. Or be like, do it all for the Tucci, who who went last month was a new Patreon, upped their pledge level. Pro. That's What a, what a, what a boss. Wow. Big yeah. dog. Thanks. They, they were like, hey, I want to give a little bit of money. Maybe a little. Maybe a little more. Yeah, that's because they they just they're they're very giving. They went holiday season. They did it on my birthday, so I think it's I'm just going to consider it a birthday present. All right, <laughs> uh, Andy, Brett, Greta, James, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Flocktimus, Foles, Jay, Kieran, Leon, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Thank you guys all on Sports Reporting, and to our once and future and forever sponsor until someone gives me money to talk about something else. That's Washington Fish Quest on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, you can check out our boy doing cool things in nature on YouTube, Washington Fish Quest. All right. Uh, we for Movie Club. Uh, the upcoming film, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, is going to feature a little Spider-Verse weirdness. So we thought we would talk about some of our favorite Spider-Mans. It's a Spider-Man Eliminator. All right. Do you guys click the link in the chat to uh, get to the dock? And I'm looking at all the Spider-Mans. Okay. I, I, I listed out six, 17 Spider-Men. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about them, and then we're going to uh, eliminate them one by one. Uh, so let's go. Um, and I, I, I mostly want to spend the time talking about them. The eliminations I think will be really fast, but we'll just start. Toby Maguire with the Raimi Spider Man, <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield with the dog shit Spider Man. Um, that all oh, we'll talk about that when we eliminate him. Tom Holland with the MCU Spider Man, Nicholas Hammond with the uh, '70s live action show Spider Man. You may remember uh, Sh- his hair. Shinji Toto with uh, Supaida Man. The uh, Japanese mech Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Jake Johnson, Peter B. Parker in the uh, Spider-Verse movie. Uh, Nicolas Cage, Spider-Noir. Uh, Chris Pine with Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. Drake Bell from the cartoon Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, ben Diskin from the Lego Spider-Man shows. Paul Souls from the 1960s cartoon. Dan Gilvezan, who also... Gilvezan. who did Bumblebee. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes from the 90s You cartoon. have to say it right. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. His amazing friends are like Firestorm and Iceman. It's so weird. Firestar and Iceman. And it yeah. was going to be the Human Torch, but he was in rights issues. And Correct. So they <laughs> they made up Firestar. Uh, Josh Keaton in Spectacular Spider-Man. Robbie Damon as Disney XD Spidey. Shmeek Moore, of course, as Miles Morales. And John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. So I used all the Spider-Verse Spider-People except for I didn't do Spider-Gwen. Because uh, this is Spider Men, uh, so yeah, I'm being sexist. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Eric, start us off. What are you eliminating? Hey, blame, we blame this on Marvel. If they make enough Spider Women, we'll do one of those for an elimination. That's, that's right. Exactly. So I have a secret. I have a secret horse here, but uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait till I cry when uh, he is eliminated. I'm going to eliminate Ben Diskin, the Lego Spider Man, because. Uh, the only Lego superhero I really care about is Lego Batman, and I don't care about Lego Spider-Man. All right. Uh, Kevin, where are, you gonna, where are you going here? Uh, that's very legitimate of you. I'm going to go with... Um, that's kind of hard, actually. Eliminate Drake Bell. Bad person. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he's like he is like a bad person, and Ultimate also, Spider-Man's not that good. And also, I was about to say, Ultimate Spider-Man is one of the uh, one of the less good uh, Spider-Man. I'll go yes. ahead and eliminate Drake Bell. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, I um, I'm going to eliminate uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Josh Keaton. All right, Eric, uh, which one was Spectacular? 
It was just like the one that only ran for like two seasons. I believe it was uh, it's, 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 also it's, a Disney XD Spider-Man. It had a really weird animation style. Yeah, that's one that has a really like uh, blobby 3D. Yes. Like, and I okay. didn't, I didn't want to like it, but I watched a couple episodes or like a season. I was it's, like, you know what? That's all right. It's not bad, but it's it's really short. It ran really short. It got canceled. Uh, it's they, not memorable and the animation sucked. It's not particularly memorable. Exactly. Same with Robbie Damon as Disney XD Spider-Man. Agreed. Do not care. You're out. Have you seen that? Speaking of Disney XD Spider-Man, did you know Toon Disney also has a Spider-Man show now? With, uh, where it's like it's for like preschoolers. I no. know because my son won't stop watching it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kevin, you're up. All right, eliminating Andrew Garfield. Oh, from, from, from the dog shit Spider-Man movies? Uh, yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man movies were uh, just really bad movies. And I actually kind of like Andrew Garfield, but uh, I would... I like him more when I don't think about him having been Spider-Man. Uh, I'm going to get rid of Mulaney as Spider-Ham. I yep. think of the of the Spider-Verse entries, he was uh, f- funny, but the uh, least least memorable. Uh, all right, Eric. Guys, now it's getting tough. Now it's starting to get tough for me. <laughs> uh, I'm there. going to eliminate... We're getting to the point now where they're all Spider-Man performances we like. <laughs> like, Okay, well, you know what? Maybe this may- is... Maybe not seventy show Spider Man. Maybe it's, not Nicholas. You know, it's the week one. It is my time to, and I'm I want to be the one to do it. Nicholas Hammond, you lasted so long. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, buddy. It's time for you to ride off into the sunset and uh, have the, the stunt double climb up the walls for you. Just walk up, walking up walls. Yeah, yeah while while you stay in your tweed suit and your perfectly coiffed hair in the background. Well, yeah, excellent job. Because all you had to do was get a wig of his hair, and anyone could have been a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> the wig the wig was the stuntman actually the wig no. was the, the, the yeah that was the best the, actor in the entire series was the the, the wah-wah pedal theme song though is the one that i love the because <laughs> he didn't right. do anything he just kevin, kevin he on a roof all right i'm gonna eliminate spider noir uh fun character one trick pony done yeah it was it was funny that it was one really good joke uh, I'll eliminate Chris Pine. He did a good job as the beginning of the movie Spider-Man, but he's dead now. So, all right. All right. Yep. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. Eric, <laughs> we're down to our top eight Spider-Men. And when we get to top five, I'll, I'll repeat everyone. Who are you going to eliminate here? Uh, th- two two really stand out to me. But, okay. okay. Uh, Paul Souls, 60s cartoon. It's okay. it's it's fine, and I like I like that. Okay, and I believe he also went into the seventies a little bit. I was about to say I would have eliminated yeah. Dan first, but I think they're pretty similar. Ooh. But I think I just Dan I didn't Gil- like Dan Gilzavan. Gil Vazan is such a iconic voice actor too. Also, like, Souls hard. didn't he sounded he was too deep. It sounded like a dad Spider Man Spider Dad Spider Dad. I love it. All right, Kevin, where are you going here? Uh. Let's see. I think I have to keep one of the classics there. I think I'm going to eliminate. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep the meme alive. So I'm going to eliminate Toby Maguire. All right. Because Kevin, I thought Toby Maguire was uh, not a good Peter Parker. Kevin, I went I, between I love that Maguire s- there, so I love that choice. I love that '70s show <laughs> Spider-Man, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, those movies is like. Those movies are pretty solid, but the casting is like kind of actually weird. overall kind of weird. Like Kirsten Dunst as uh, my as problem MJ. with so those like movies, the whole thing is like every single character has like this. Every single villain has this arc where he's not a bad guy. Like oh, what yeah. the hell? Also, the theme in every episode: <laughs> New York loves Spider-Man because it came out after September 11th. So in every movie, 
New York's got to be like, hey, we're New Yorkers. We band together. <laughs> it's like, how, how dare you? Like, just make a good movie. Quit pandering. Gotch beach, Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to eliminate Tom Holland. Because, oh, wow. Because I did not expect that. I, I like the MCU Spider-Man movies, but not because of Tom Holland. No, it's because the villains are always so good. The villains are really good. Which is Actually, exactly what you should be highlighting. All, all the periphery actors are good. Tom Holland is fine, but like he's not he doesn't make the movie for me. And honestly, if I could pick a top five, it would probably be very close to the top five we have left. So, so let's go over that top five. So right here, we got Shamik Moore as Miles Morales and into the Spider-Verse. We've got Christopher Daniel Barnes as the nineties cartoon Spider-Man. We've got Dan Gilvezan as I'm, I said it right that time, right? Gil, yes. Okay. Gil Spider-Man and his amazing friend, Spider-Man. Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, also from Spider-Verse and Shinji Toto as the legend. Sapaido Manu. Sapaido Manu. Uh, 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 Eric. There's a clear top three here. Hit, hit me with an elimination right here. All right. Everything is hard from this point forward. I like all these guys. It's time to get rid of uh, Shinji. I, I think. No! I, know, I know you I like to ride that meme into the top no! five. That is Eric, not Eric. A, uh, a, a a spider, a core Spider-Man's for me. Can I do, uh, can I do? Uh, three fun, can I do three fun facts about uh, Sapaido Man for you guys? <laughs> Please do, because yes. I knew you had them all, uh, all lined I, up. I, I love this show. I think it's hilarious. All right. My number – actually, no. I'm just going to do my number one because we're running, we're running a long time. My number one Sapaido Man fun fact, okay? In this show, Spider-Man has a mech because it's a, it's like a Power Rangers. It's like James a Power Leopardo. Rangers. His name's Leopardin. Um, they filmed about four episodes of this show. And the suit for Leopardin got stolen. Marveler slash Leopardin, the suit got stolen. So everything from that point forward is just footage from the first four episodes spliced <laughs> in to to uh, with the new villain. They didn't they didn't film any more kaiju battles from that point forward. They just used archive footage to make the whole show. It's so and it, good. And it ran for Probably like sixty. Right. It ran for like sixty episodes. <laughs> So like so they just like kept using the same uh, the same shots over and over, which I love. Uh, all right, Kevin, uh, go ahead. Okay, so uh, Shinji Toto's out. Um, that's one that I thought had to be out for the top three. The okay. other one I have to put out at this point is Jake Johnson. All right. Okay. Um, I feel like uh, Jake Johnson was great as Peter B. Parker. But when I think about who's in the top three, it has to be people that I felt did a strong turn as the voice of the main Spider-Man in something. And these are three. I don't think it's a coincidence that they're all voice actors um, that took a turn playing the focal Spider-Man in their movie or series. All right. It's my turn. Yep. Um, I'm going to make Eric choose between uh, the two cartoons. I'm going to get rid of uh, Shamik Moore and uh, the... The uh, Miles Morales, I think that that all is too new, and it's it's all really good. The, I think that maybe is my favorite Marvel movie, Spider Verse. It's definitely yes. the one I've watched the most times. It's excellent. Uh, it's very good. But uh, I think that this is the right choice. These are two iconic Spider Man voices. They're from classic cartoons that we we all have watched many episodes of. And I think also making Eric choose between these two is very fun for me. Because wait, wait, I, wait! I want to hear why you choose what you choose. You're you're gonna love it. But I gotta we gotta close the book on Into the Spider Verse. Okay. What an amazing movie! I did not want to see this. I was, I did not care about it. You were like, you were Mister Grumpy Pants about this. Movie. I was Grumpy Pants, Kevin, because I was not a fan of Miles Morales in the comics. Because uh, what does Eric Ronnebeck hate besides uh, RVs and uh, you know uh, 
people making noise when he wants it to be quiet because he's an old man. Eric hates pandering. I hate pandering. So Marvel comes out and says, hey, guys, uh, we have a uh, a gay, biracial, um, bisexual Spider-Man because we need to hit every single group and pander to everyone. And we're not going to write any good stories about it. Uh, Dion Cole had this big uh, kind of comedy bit about it, how Marvel was just throwing darts at every minority and not caring about the character. Well, over a few years, they start building this character up and they actually make him an awesome character. And into the Spider-Verse, what did they do? They took this character, they made it up. I was like, how dare you make just make a gay Spider-Man. I don't care. Make whoever you want, but focus on the characterization, focus on the writing. And this movie did it. It was so beautiful. I don't care about the Spider-Man's background. I don't care about his sexuality. I care about Miles Morales as the person because it's amazing writing and I cannot wait to see where they go next with it. So uh, they, thank they God set it, they this... set it up for an awesome sequel too. With they had like uh, Oscar Isaac doing the yes, Spider Man twenty seven twenty nine yeah. yeah exactly. But this so. also uh, going back to the other people we eliminated like uh, you know the uh, shoot the guy I can't remember Chunky Spider Man Jake Johnson yeah <laughs> Jake Johnson I was <laughs> like wow what a what a hilarious guy a perfect Spider Man heartfelt and hilarious all at the same time okay so who am I eliminating here we have. Uh, Perfect foil for for the for Miles in the movie yes. too. Just up, just up. Because Miles is so optimistic and excited to be Spider Man, and this guy is just sick of it. Yeah, <laughs> just so like so brought down by life. It's perfect. Uh, He's yeah. over it. I wouldn't say you're more than forty three. Uh, so between Spider Man and his amazing friends in the nineties cartoon, I am eliminating Christopher Daniel Barnes of the nineties cartoon. Oh my heart! And I'm sorry for your heart. Dan Gilson, that was like my horse. I was like, there's no way he's going to make it in the top five. I'm going to be so sad when he's eliminated. And it came down to him. Here's why. I grew up more on this cartoon than I did the 90s cartoon. So everything came from this. I also liked how this cartoon seemed to have, like, it brought the X-Men into uh, kind of the, the view of people. It brought extra heroes that you never heard of into the world. Uh, the '90s cartoon was better, obviously. Uh, it, light, light wave. Right? Yes, <laughs> light wave. Dear Lord, uh, <laughs> no. This is just the uh, the amount the am- of uh, the amazing friends are just so lame sometimes, though. That's like oh, it's a like... it's a totally lame cartoon. But when Disney Plus came on, I was looking for this cartoon, and it was. I mean, all the Spider-Man cartoons were, but this is the one I cared about more. I realized that everyone's going to disagree with me here, and that's fine. If I'm choosing this, I'm going to king make this guy. I think either one is just <laughs> fine, but this guy was the template. I don't think Souls is the template because Souls, I don't think he had the right. His his voice was like too staccato. It, it was too deep. It didn't it didn't flow for Spider-Man. Spider-Dad, Spider-Dad. Thank you. And it's this guy feels like Spider-Man. Plus, he can change all the tires, pack up a <laughs> two-bedroom, house into a van. Watch out. I, here comes a Spider-Dad. Also, here's the thing is the, the 90s Bumblebee. The 90s, the 90s Spider-Man I think is the like best long-running adaptation of Spider-Man by a by kind of a, a significant margin. And it also ran parallel to the really good X-Men's cartoons of the same era, which I think kind of paved the way for a lot of the non-comic book reading big Marvel fans that became the fan base for the MCU movies. Yeah, I mean, yes, Spider-Man I didn't have as good of a theme song as that X-Men show. That's for dude, sure. Nothing does. <laughs> well, Guile, so, Guile's theme from, from, Street, from Street Fighter. That's because Guile's theme, theme goes with everything. So a couple a couple bits of trivia here for your 90s cartoon. 
The voice is uh, played by Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. Mm, Off the TV yeah. show, the movies. Um, some guy, you've, it's a guy you've seen. And I believe, I believe Joe Perry from Aerosmith did the theme song for 90s Spider-Man. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm on the 90s Spider-Man page. I bet you I could look that up really quick. The music composer. Yeah, there's like five. Joe Perry is on there. Yes, he's one of go. four people who worked on it together. Okay. Meow, meow, so, meow. So, yeah, I think that one thing that's just <laughs> true is that the, there, there's been a lot of really cool adaptations for Spider-Man. There's a reason he's the most popular Marvel character. It's just a great, relatable character that I think people really latch on to. And I'm excited for this new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, man. It looks looks really cool. And I think it's cool they're bringing back all the Spider-Mans, even though I'm not like a huge fan of any of the live action Spider-Mans. Uh, like not in terms of the movies. I like the movies. I mean, like the actors, like I think they just like are all OK. But man, this movie looks really cool. And I think that they really do a good job with these Spider-Man movies. So like you said, Kevin, characterizing the villains, making the villains really cool and, and interesting. They they really steal the show. So Which yeah, they no should. Way. Yeah. I can't wait for the Spider-Man slash Venom crossover. That's that's really what I'm waiting for. So for, for Kevin. That's because we are both losers. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks.